Hi, it's Lex. Uh, before we get this episode started, uh, I want to throw a little bit of a, a content warning out there. Craven's Last Hunt is a really, really great comic, but it also covers some heavier topics, uh, and we cover them in this episode, uh, specifically uh, mental illness and suicide and a little bit of uh, violence against women. So if you're not comfortable with any of that stuff or us you know, maybe cracking a couple jokes about it, uh, feel free to skip this episode. It's up to you. Uh, none of us uh, will be terribly upset about it. We'll be back next week with uh, Spider-Man 1977 with uh, Alex's friend Robert. Uh, so, yeah, on with the show. My name is Lex, and this week on Spidey Signals, me, my co-host Alex, and special guest Lumber Jackson discuss Mike Zek and J.M. DeMattis's Craven's Last Hunt, psionic rat warriors, and nude drug use. Get ready to frame thy fearful symmetry, because it's time for Spidey Signals. Welcome back to Spidey Signals, the podcast where two guys with the same name talk about Spider-Man. I'm Lex. And I'm Alex. Last week, we uh, finished off The Spectacular Spider-Man. Took us four episodes to do it. But that was a good show, even though it had a fucking nutso ending. It was a good month. Solid, solid chunk of weeks there. Exactly. I, I still, I keep thinking about like the end of Toy Story 2. Not the end of it, but like in Toy Story 2 when Woody's watching his own show and he's like, that's the fucking ending? Well, how are they going to save the Roundup gang? That's exactly. literally what I feel like. That fucking uh, Silence of the Lambs-ass Norman Osborn ending, just that that's what I still find myself thinking about was the abruptness of how they took him out and then just, ah, fuck it, he's blonde, he's alive, he's on a plane, he doesn't, he doesn't ask, he doesn't say sorry, fuck you, no season. I'm three. having an old friend for dinner, and then he walks away. Great shit. Uh... Great. But before we get into anything else, uh, we might as well introduce our first guest for this season. Uh, get in here, Jackson. Holy shit. I'm the first one? Wait, what? You're the first yeah. guest of the season. Oh, shit. Next, Thank next you. week, we'll be having my good friend Robert on to discuss uh, a, a lovely, great, fantastic Spider-Man TV movie that I'm sure I'm going to be delighted with. From the uh, 70s. <laughs> you are the first this season. Hell yeah. Thanks for having me. But Jackson, tell tell the people here uh, who you are and what you do, and uh, uh, I guess about Spider Man. Oh, uh, right, my relation. Yeah, I guess your sexual relations with Spider Man. <laughs> my sexual relationship I with did Spider Man. I have sexual relations with the <laughs> Spider Man. <laughs> uh, no, I go by uh, Lumberjack Two on on like Twitch and Twitter and stuff because somebody Twitch took cool. the S. Well, somebody took the S on all the accounts I wanted, so I was like, I'll just what put a fuck? two there. Uh, but yeah, I do streaming nonsense. I'm bullshit on Twitter. Uh, I have a dumb little YouTube channel with my friends called Liars Club that uh, <laughs> if you're 18 and older, go watch it. If you're not, be careful. Don't. This is a, this is a podcast for adults. It's, ex it's explicit on all podcast services. It's a podcast right. for spider men, not spider boys. If you can't vote, get the fuck out of here. I don't care what country. Get the fuck out of here. I don't care what country you. your voting age. I'm gonna draft you. <laughs> get drafted. Just draft a nom. Yeah. No. Uh, Flash Thompson. 
<laughs> Fucking my relation to Spider-Man. Uh, growing up, didn't have a TV and stuff. And my mom was really into like the Disney comics, like the old ones with uh, whatever the fuck. Donald Duck. She, yeah, Donald Duck, whatever his name is, the dude without pants. And she would buy me like uh, the old Spider-Man comics because no TV. What is a kid going to do? So I would just read those all the time. And as I as I'm growing up, I see more Spider-Man media and whatnot. I uh, took gymnastics classes because I wanted to be Spider-Man and like future. <laughs> oh, oh, that's, rock. Great. that's awesome. So like I could do all this shit, but I never <laughs> I never auditioned to do anything besides like try you to could do have a, been in turn off the dark. You could have been in turn. I off could the have dark. been. A, I could <laughs> have been. I, I did a voice thing once, but like I never got casted for it, so be it, whatever. But yeah, that's my my whole fucking spiel. Well, that is very exciting because this Great. week we're talking about Craven's Last Hunt. Jesus. Uh <laughs> which is I'm gonna put a little disclaimer before the episode starts that we're gonna this comic has a lot of like kind of heavy shit in it. Uh yeah. but we're gonna we're gonna have a, a good time. I at least I hope we will. Uh, but this comic was released in six issues from October to November of 1987, uh, almost immediately after uh, the annual where Peter and Mary Jane got married. I think it's like the mm-hmm. comic directly afterwards. So it's immediately right off the bat. Uh, it was spread out over six issues in all three of the main Spider-Man lines that were going on at the time. So it was Web of Spider-Man 31 and 32, Amazing Spider-Man 293 and 294, and Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, 131 and 132. Uh, it was re- written by J.M. DeMattis, uh, who is best known for his work on Justice League International. Uh, the artwork was done by Mike Zek, who did all of the uh, art for Secret Wars. And uh, is on his Wikipedia page, it says that he created the black suit, but the creation of the black suit is a very hotly contested thing with the whole... Uh, wasn't it like a fan that sent in the design and they like repurposed it. Yeah. I think it had a red spider on it in the fan design. Yeah. And then it got repurposed into like Julia Carpenter's spider woman costume. And then they turned it into the, uh, the symbiote costume. Uh, but it's, it's a whole, it's a whole big thing, but Mike Zeg did the artwork here. Uh, the letters are by Rick Parker and the colors are by Bob Sharon, Janet Jackson, not that one. Uh, and Mike Zach. Uh, Alex, uh, do you have any sort of like personal experiences with Craven's last hunt? Not explicitly. No, uh, I'm, I'm a bit of a bad Spider-Man fan and that many of the big name arcs I haven't really read. And a lot of the goofy, shitty, not good arcs I have read and like cough, cough, clone saga. Um, Craven's last hunt I've, I've had dangled over my head my entire life as, oh, that's a really good one. I should really read it one of these days. And I specifically had not because I knew we were going to cover it here. And I'm really glad that we saved it for like this Halloweeny time because this is a great little fucking Edgar Allan Poe of a Spider-Man story. This rules. When we uh, sort of came up with the, the scheduling for this season, I did not mean for this uh, to serendipitously come here at the end of October. But, you know, here we are. It's It just ended up shaking out that way. Mm-hmm. Uh Jackson, do you have any other experience? Do you have any experiences with Craven's Last Hunt in the past? Uh, I read this initially when I was ten years old. Oh my god! <laughs> so when I was ten, I read it, and then I picked it back up again in high school. And then when you asked me, like, "Hey, do you want to be on the podcast for this episode specifically?" and I popped off, uh, I then last night I read it five times over. 
Let's go. <laughs> I like. I gave you the list of every episode we were doing. I'm like, just pick one. What do you want? <laughs> Craven's Last Hunt. Give me, give me, give me. And I, and I, and yeah, the, I, like before I gave you the list, I'm like, he would probably like Craven's Last Hunt. And then he pick Craven's Last Hunt. I'm like, I'm a genius. <laughs> it's yeah. a, it's it's one of the better uh kind of like just very visually stunning issues i think just to kind of like engulf or like do a character study on two major characters i never thought that they would get really deep into oh yeah for sure i think i've heard this three times in the last week uh getting ready for this today mostly just to get a like a clean enough synopsis typed up uh because i couldn't find a satisfactory one that i liked enough to use uh but yeah uh three times i think this week including today and i found something new in it every time and i just i fucking love it yeah uh as for me uh i bought the trade i bought read it online first which is usually with most of my spider-man comics i read it online then i ended up buying the trade paperback uh i've read it quite a few times uh it's obviously it's one of those comic arcs that's really sort of big and famous and you hear about it a lot but it's it's another it's another thing entirely to like sit down and read it because it's six issues and you know it's not it's not super long but it, it there's a lot of really great like depth to it especially in the writing I really love the writing in this which we're going to talk about uh, when we get into uh, the plot so Alex do you want to uh, take us away on this absolutely I do uh, so the comic be- uh, begins in our first issue with uh, Craven doing a bit of training uh, and soliloquying at the same time. Cra- Craven rocking out with his cock out. Absolutely. Naked as shit for no reason. Super, <laughs> super creative use of smoke uh, in this in this scene here to 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 not be hanging dong, not go full. To censor his it. massive schlong, <laughs> the Russian fucking tool. Craven's passing, <laughs> you know it. This is a Rasputin motherfucker here. <laughs> uh but he's he's doing some some training he's like flipping and toppling uh taxidermied statues of jungle animals panthers and apes and shit uh and mostly just soliloquying about power and grace and honor um he he segues and touches on his his childhood uh immigrating to the United States after the toppling of the czar um mostly reflecting on the decline of mother Russia and how shitty his relationship with his parents was and uh, reflecting on failure and how he's found meaning for his life in the hunt. Uh, Just really good villain setup type stuff here. He also sort of, he talks about like he drinks like potions and stuff to make himself young. (laughs) Like 75. And I've like never heard of that in any other comic. But they can't I, rejuvenate I, his dying spirit, he says. I literally wrote that line down because he talks. Craven talks about how, how he's kind of got like a a sort of death wish uh, after years. Of, he's just sort of worn down after years of fighting. Uh, and he, he he says that herbs and roots and potions cannot rejuvenate a dying spirit or heal a heart crushed by the weight of a corrupted age. Like fuck, let's go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For reference, this is the same man who just a few weeks ago on the Spectacular Spider-Man turned into Lion-O and, and ran around as a goofy lion man. And had a lion in his car. <laughs> right. This is just leagues better. It, it's, it's, night, it's night and day. This is the best Craven. Um, yeah, he's got this death wish. Uh, he, he intends to be dead soon. Uh, he must die soon, he says, but not yet. Uh, he enters this elaborate like cathedral room with a with a huge stained glass window and a, a very dramatic casket in it. 
that he just pulls a black Spider-Man suit out of and, and sheds a single tear. It's he lives it, in like he lives in like Castlevania, essentially. <laughs> this is this castle of his. This property is also presumably still like near enough to where when shit happens later, he's able to go from like rooftop leaping in the Spider-Man suit to just crawling back through his window to here. It's like in Brooklyn. <laughs> it looks like a fucking Brooklyn. evil Rasputin incense orb palace, but it's, you know, there's a Jimmy John's five minutes down the street. Um, from here, we cut to Spidey uh, stalking in the shadows in his black costume. This is a black costume run timeline thing, and I am a big sucker for the black suit. Uh, very simple, very cool. Um... A small-time crook uh, and occasional Spidey informant named Joe Face. Do I have that right? Yes. Yeah. Joe Face is dead. He is. He is no longer with us. He is. He's moved on. And uh, with death kind of on the brain, Spidey chooses to visit the bar, Jimmy's Corner, uh, where a small wake is being held for the crook. Uh, he he's also there's a lot of soliloquying in this uh, comic. It's it's a word I'll try not to use every five minutes, but there is so much. I'm just going to sit here and talk to myself in this in this, this comic. Yeah, there's uh, lots of like text boxes and they like have conflicting ideas like it's like a mm-hmm. inner dialogue and then like the subconscious. I really yeah, like, like the way intrusive that... thoughts is how I yeah. perceive it. It's it's really, really well done because your eyes have to like keep darting around the page every time you see a panel because it's like, oh, where the fuck is this new text it, box? Yeah, it's very frantic. Like it, it gave me anxiety rereading this. Like I had to sit down a minute and be like, OK, I need to decipher this before I move on. Yeah, it, it, there's definitely a desired effect they're trying to reach with it, and it accomplishes it very well. But normally, lettering doesn't matter like tr- super duper much to me in a comic, but the lettering specifically in this uh, run is just amazing. The difference in how like Craven's words look versus just uh, Spider-Man's thoughts versus actual speech bubbles—they're all subtly different. It's great. Um, but yeah, Spider-Man is deciding to dip into this wake being held at just a bar in New York. I, I, the criminals are allowed to just hang, hang onto a corpse, I guess. Uh, and during this, uh, at, at the end of this first page, we're introducing this. This is one of the first pages that introduces it. There's this subtle, not, not super subtle, it's on a bunch of pages, but a great little motif where throughout this first issue, there's a grave being dug. Uh, you get different cuts at different portions of this to a grave being dug, which will make sense later. But that's a surprise tool. Um, uh, that little vignette is there, but we're back to the small funeral. Uh, eventually, the gatherers notice that Spider-Man has slipped into the room and is dangling from the ceiling and lowering himself and immediately fly into a, a frenzied panic. Um Spider-Man webs the doorknob and seals everybody in the room and tries to de-escalate the situation verbally. But of course, this being a Spider-Man story, one of the goons pulls a gun on him and attempts to uh, make a name for himself by gunning Spider-Man down, I guess. Um, With everybody sealed in and with Spider-Man doing his don't fucking try it, don't shoot me, bitch shit on the guy. Yeah, he like uh, spins around and does a pose where you can like see his ass at the same time. He's like doing like a weird sexy pose. <laughs> it's it's very cold. It's very cool. <laughs> wouldn't want to shoot all this. You wouldn't want this to go to waste now, would you? <laughs> he then proceeds to pull out a wad of cash from his belt and uh, drop it into Joe's collection plate. Uh, very Peter Parker moment there, I guess. 
Uh, yeah, it's it's a really good moment because it's like super emblematic of Peter's like genuine empathy for the people that he fights. Absolutely. The Mr. Mr. Pulled Punch himself. Uh, Spidey makes his exit and uh, he's pondering the recent death of Ned Leeds and the nature of death itself. He's very real. He's really fucked up about this. I don't, I'm not sure what stage he's in of grief, but he's he's got death on the brain right now. He's in the fucked up not, stage. He's not doing well. He's not Mr. Happy Newlywed like he should be. Uh, he's reflecting a lot on everybody that he's lost over the years. Ned, most recently, but of course, Uncle Ben, Captain Stacy, Gwen, all get name dropped. And as he's web slinging through the town, uh, he wonders specifically who's who's next. Who who's it gonna be? Him, MJ, Aunt May. Uh, he gets home and readies himself for bed, having a you know internal breakdown. I guess here, just not not well, down bad. And has the somber thought that he's going to die, but not yet. Uh, reflecting Craven's earlier wish, uh, an earlier statement about dying, but not yet. Uh, we do cut back to Craven here uh, in a room teeming with spiders, just absolutely <laughs> filled to the brim with a comical amount of spiders. Uh, this is my spider room. I eat them for food. <laughs> it's the protein room. He's slowly like fear factor covered in spiders, uh, like panel by panel before he like bursts out of the spider nest, uh, grabbing them by the fistful and chowing down on them like an insane person. When uh, are we going to get Craven on the Joe Rogan podcast <laughs> to talk That's about a spider man. only diet? <laughs> well, it's, cra- it's crazy, man. You, you eat uh, you eat spiders for breakfast. You ever fought a gorilla? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you never fought an ape those things are crazy <laughs> pull up the video of uh, Craven fighting that silver pack oh, he uh, he thinks tonight to himself I say thinks uh, a lot of this can also be Craven just shouting these things to himself it's it's completely open to interpretation I imagine but tonight is is the word on his mind uh, and we we jump from there to Peter waking up from a horrid nightmare of uh, things crawling all over him, frankly, a very sensory nightmare. This is kind of the first introduction of the idea of this weird, like, pseudo-psychic bond motif that's throughout the whole thing. Um, I, I guess mostly attributed to Craven's consumption of mind-expanding herbs that allow him to, like, telepathically communicate with vermin or, or infiltrate Peter's dreams. Somehow he did enough, like, ayahuasca to make himself a dream wizard. Plus, he got him floating. <laughs> it's uh, it's something. It's it's a, it's something Craven can do now, I guess. Uh, intercut with this Peter waking up from his nightmare shot, uh, we get more intercuts of Craven just absolutely demolishing this this spider dinner of his. Lots of green goo, lots of spider legs, just good stuff. Uh. Peter then crushes a small spider he finds on the back of his hand. Uh, fun little nod, I guess. We've seen that before. Uh, he's uh, clearing his head and going for some rainy late night web slinging, just out and about again. And uh, intercut across from this, we see a helicopter piloted by one of the manservants we've seen digging graves and such. Uh, drop Craven off on a rooftop in New York City proper. Uh, we, we get some more good monologuing from Craven about, uh, his many defeats 
by Spider-Man, uh, the many humiliations he's suffered at his hand, uh, declaring that Spider-Man is, is not a man, but the spider. Uh, another overarching theme is the idea of the spider in this, a sort of like, I don't know what Craven sees it as, is like a, an inhabiting demon, uh, an evil spirit that possesses Peter, I guess, an evil yeah, aura. He, he sees it as, I guess it's like sort of like this, like, malfeasant spirit that like is the cause of all dooms like what he's like talks about like later on he's like he, he's possessed by the spirit of all suffering and doom in the world and he doesn't <laughs> even know it the mm-hmm. evil the evil spider that like caused the berlin wall to go up i guess or whatever the fuck <laughs> he starts monologuing about like a gorbachev and shit like he's really mad about it name drops hitler and reagan in the same sentence which you know uh, pretty much the same yeah, not far off. About 40 years apart, but not far off. Uh, yeah, it's 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 wacky. Uh, the spider, that idea, but it, it it's it's a motif. This is just motif stacked on motif, stacked on repeating themes. It's it's a story. God damn it. it. It works. Uh, please don't ruin this with a movie, Sony. <laughs> don't do it. Do it. I know you're uh, making that fucking dumbass Craven the Hunter movie without Spider-Man in it. You will uh, watch it. <laughs> you will watch it. You will consume. <laughs> you will consume our media. Craven uh, tells himself that he cannot rest until he's proven himself uh, to himself. Uh, Peter has almost begun to shake this funk, but we get another really great, um, another really great example of that, like intrusive thought text, where he he's like, "Someone is watching me. Someone is out here. What's going on?" But not in a spidey sense way quite yet. Um. He leaps over a dart, the first dart that is fired at him by Craven, and, and manages to evade it. But uh, before he's hit by the second dart in the neck, we get our first use of the, repeat, the, the repeated theme of the Robert Browning poem, Tiger, Tiger, Burning Bright, but just with the tiger swapped for spider with the same goofy Y. Um, repeated a lot throughout this uh, thing, overarching, but it, it, it fits the theme. Uh, the original poem being about, like, the idea of, wow, tigers are so fucking deadly and cool and they look awesome. Who could have ever designed that? But Craven just appropriating it and going, oh, Spider-Man's cool as fuck. Who thought of that? Lee Ditko? No. Spider-Man. God, the devil. I don't know. <laughs> My tigers are cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the whole poem. <laughs> Uh, Pete, yeah, catches a dart to the neck, and uh, as he falls down to the ground and gathers his wits, uh, he does eventually realize he's dealing with Craven, first mistaking him for the ghost of Joe Face, or was it Joe Face or Ned Leeds? He's got a lot of ghosts. Yeah, Joe Face. Okay, yeah, that's more recent. Joe initially, yeah. Uh, Craven mentions during this that he's juiced his brain and, and widened his consciousness with herbs and roots. Uh, he says he believes he can penetrate Spider-Man's very essence itself. Uh, he bashes Peter in the face with, a, with the butt end of a spear and then uses a, a really strong net to subdue him. And I, that sounds like <laughs> such a cop-out on paper. That's what I have, is a really strong net. And they, they, I guess they try to do like a explain it away thing where Peter's like, oh, I would have trouble with this even at full strength. But it's like, dude, it's a fucking net. Spider-Man. You make webs, dude. Nets are your thing. How are you going to get caught by a net? <laughs> this one's a, a thicker net. <laughs> uh, but spider kryptonite. 
<laughs> I I really like this fight. All the fights in this comic are like super great. Uh, oh yeah, this, but especially this first one here. Like both of these guys are like clearly at the end of their ropes in like very different ways. Peter is like super drugged out, and also he's like having an anxiety attack at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just, and Craven is like having some like weird euphoric semi suicidal uh phase. It's it's really 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 good. Craven is like peaking on eight hundred micrograms of the finest Russian LSD you can get your hands on, and yeah. Spider Man is having a genuine panic attack. And <laughs> Spider Man's a horse tranquilizer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's in a he's in a K hole. Is the thing, and a net. Uh, Peter panics. Uh, you know he's he's been bound in the strong net, and our little intrusive thought dialogue box points us to what's he got there, and we we see that Craven is brandishing a fucking rifle in Spider Man's face, much to Peter's alarm. Uh, I, I much to anybody's alarm, I suppose would be. Would he's be got a gun. Uh. Spider-Man has seen firsthand what guns can do uh, many times, so he's he's not That's exactly true. having a great time here. Craven leers this absolute fucking just face of faces, and despite Spider-Man's protests and internal, you know, freak out, pulls the trigger. Uh, with the subsequent panel showing Spider-Man uh, in repose, you know, in his black suit, uh, draped in a coffin... Uh, being carried by Craven and his his goons, his manservants on his property, uh, being lowered into the ground in the horrible downpour rainstorm. We had a great couple of somber panels of uh, Craven in a suit, out of his lion suit, shoveling dirt, uh, maybe mud, I guess, at this point, down onto the coffin with this really somber expression. But then a lightning strike happens and he's back to this rictus skull grin of just absolute pure joy uh, before uh, we get another little, you know, cut of more dirt being shoveled on. A nice little spider motif being, you know, knocked off the coffin and we cap off this first issue with a reprise of the spider spider burning bright. But yeah, real what the fuck downer ending for the first issue here. Uh I loved it, reading it. Good stuff. <laughs> they killed him. They fucking killed my boy. They shot him with a gun. <laughs> they fucking blew his face off like Daffy Duck. Spider-Man <laughs> <laughs> tried to put his finger in the barrel of the gun and it blew up like a banana peel on Craven's face. Exactly. Uh, issue 2 opens with another lightning strike uh, shot. They love that Krakoom shit they put over everything. Uh, with a, a really elaborate headstone laid out by Craven the Hunter on his property here that says, "Here lies Spider-Man, slain by Craven the Hunter." Uh, I also like that that Craven doesn't give a shit about uh, Spider-Man's identity. He just like cares about Spider-Man as like a mythic figure, and he's like, "I'll bury him as Spider-Man." That's I didn't even think me. of that until I read it the second time, and I was like, "Oh shit, okay, yeah, he could have absolutely reverse engineered that, but I guess not. He just wanted the he just wanted to wear the suit and be in. All right, uh, wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely, yeah. If you shot uh, Spider Man with a rifle, wouldn't you want to put his suit on and like become <laughs> Spider Man like the Santa Claus? <laughs> I love the idea that Craven had this headstone made like ages ago and has been waiting to use it because it's like professionally made. Some guy didn't just come out there and chisel that that day. He's had this in a garage for like 
three or four years. <laughs> it's this goddamn like hyperfixation. Every time he comes home, he goes through the garage. He looks at it. He's like, no, nah, not tonight. One of these days. Uh, yeah, we got that great opening shot. There's a big, fat, nasty rat on the on the grave this time. Oh, yeah, I forgot. We also got the R.I.P. Bozo shot. <laughs> yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. We're just, yeah. standing over the grave wearing the Spider-Man suit. R.I.P. Bozo. <laughs> just awesome. Just awesome. Uh, yeah, we, we, we get this black suited Spider-Man standing on a mound of dirt looking at a rat. He pulls the mask off and lo and behold it's 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 our laughing grinning pal uh craven t hunter uh not actually spider-man uh we cut back into the city proper and there is a a woman trying to escape the downpour of rain and and get home running through the street uh she swerves to avoid uh another big fat nasty rat and slips and falls on the ground uh, hitting her head on the ground, and a hairy hand darts out of the sewer and drags her down below. Uh, it's a hand that belongs to the same person who is, guess what, soliloquying this whole time about people running like rats, tippy-tippy-tapping up there. Uh, I, I'm not super familiar with Herman. I haven't read a whole lot of stuff that has him in it. The, this guy that's dragged this woman down here, this rat-man creature uh lex what about you literally all i know about vermin is uh from this comic and that uh the backstory for this is that he and he had fought spider-man and captain america uh but like it was too tough for spider-man alone so he had to call in captain america and even them together could barely beat him and he's mostly a captain america villain yeah uh yeah jackson do you have anything to say so vermin was only used as a plot device for Baron Zemo to kind of like demonstrate how fucked up Zemo is and then they tossed him aside to Captain America and then tossed him into the sewers of New York (laughs) incredible just like like a nothing character that doesn't I don't think ever comes back after this I I think they I think they use him in more comics later on just because he was that one guy that was in Craven's last hunt yeah he doesn't scream lore but I I, th- I think introducing him by having him just eat a woman is great. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I I was expecting something to happen here, but not a woman being cannibalized. Uh, Vermin reveals himself, our our secondary antagonist of the comic, uh, and with no Spider-Man around to stop him, he kills and eats this woman in the sewer. It's great. Happy Halloween. Uh, Mary Jane is at home at the new place she and Peter are currently moving into, uh, they're newlyweds, you know, and she's panicked that Peter is hours late, later than usual, coming home to, uh, help her unpack, and she has the intrusive thought that Peter's dead, and it just will not leave her head. Uh, more of that, like, intercutting text box stuff, really good. MJ notices a rat on the floor and in her like panicked delirium loses her cool and takes out some of her aggression on the rat and like smashes it to bits with a designer boot. Yeah. A puddle of rat and then (laughs) runs off like recoiling in horror across the room. She's uh, exhibiting one of the three major uh, traits of a serial killer, which is uh, torturing small animals. But I don't want to get too much into that. Thank you for that. (laughs) <laughs> she is she just like she beat the shit out of that rat it was yeah, dead. she beats the fuck out of that rat it was dead in the first it. hit like you want to fight 
Get the fuck out of here. And I, I, I got to say, if there's like, if there's a weak link in this series, I would say it would probably be MJ. Obviously, all of her internal monologue is great because all, everybody's internal monologue is great. Uh, but she doesn't really have much to do this whole series. So it's mostly just her like walking around her apartment like, I wonder where Peter is. And then going to other people's apartments and being like, I wonder where Peter is. It's where? it's kind of a caricature of MJ. Yeah. Yeah. It hits all like the, the singles, but none of the, the good album stuff of MJ. Where's Peter? Reprise. Uh, Craven, at the meantime, is leaping across New York City rooftops. N no webbing or anything, but uh, really sincerely getting some some good leaps in here. Uh, interesting stuff to imagine Craven in this in the Spider-Man suit. Um, he believes now that his his greatest enemy is is out of the picture and having bested him with his own hand. Uh, he now must become Spider-Man to prove himself uh, superior to Spider-Man. He wants uh, to become a superior Spider-Man of some kind. Yeah, some God kind of superior Spider-Man who is a villain acting as Spider-Man. It's quite quite a novel idea. Uh, he slinks that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad we're not talking about that for the show. Uh, that's a whole thing. He slinks uh, back into his own window into Castle Cravenoff or whatever you want to call it, uh, and back into his weird smoke chamber, telling himself that his metamorphosis is incomplete. He further widens his consciousness by licking from a green bowl of drugs imbued with spider essence. Uh, you know, after a long day of work, I like to come home and, and stick my tongue in a bowl of green drugs. I don't know about you guys. Like a cat, like a cat drinking from a bowl of milk. <laughs> and he takes like one lick of it and then just starts like writhing in pain on the ground, which is like he like he does. He crawls like that a lot in this comic. And it's kind of weird. He's like a little cat boy. This man's very mentally ill. We shouldn't make fun of him. He's 75 <laughs> or like 70 something years old. He probably has dementia and he doesn't remember where he is. I'm sorry, I'm mentally ill. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he he takes one sip of this stuff. He could have just had a drop of it, but he had to lick it out of the bowl like a weirdo. And uh, he, he's attempting to merge with the spider here. Uh, he's overwhelmed with pain and inundated with, you know, all these thoughts, uh, angry thoughts, maniac, you know, induced thoughts. He thinks of his pompous nobleman father. But then also goes, no, my father was great. He was a relic of a of, of a bygone thing that was stolen from me. Ah, I don't know. Uh, just having a good old fashioned freak out. Um, he assigns a great deal of personal angst against the spider. And like we've talked about, he sees it as the source of all of his trouble. Uh, a great big boogeyman that he could conveniently pin on Peter, I guess. He sees this uh, windowed room of spiders of his and, and smashes into it with his fists, uh, sending them into the form of a giant arachnid creature due to the drugs, I imagine. I, I don't think this really happened. I mean, interpret comic books how you will, I suppose. But he's having a, a an internal and external fight here with this sea of spiders that have formed into this giant creature. Uh, so the giant glass case of spiders is real, but the giant spider that they combine together in like Voltron is not real. Yeah, right. No, he's, he's freaking out. He's he's having a, a bad trip. Uh, I haven't had the, the sea of spiders forming a giant spider trip myself. I hope I never do. 
we'll see, I guess. Um, he's just, you know, an intense, intense fear all this time. Uh, we cut away from the scene to Vermin in the back in the sewer, uh, finishing his his meal of of woman and coming across a newspaper that he can't read. Uh, great little <laughs> moment of uh, <laughs> reflection of his past humanity that's gone. Kind of fucked up Robocopy, I guess. Uh, like, Vermin is like so good in here and it makes me kind of sad that they don't use him for very much because it's like, you know, like, like D-list villain rights. Yeah, absolutely. I'd rather he's see so him good in this. A shocker again. It's me, Shocker. Call me when Shocker's eating people. Uh, he does recognize a picture of Spider-Man uh, in the newspaper, and after a brief freakout, recalls how it took both Spider-Man and Captain America to defeat him previously. There's a lot of like anxiety attacks pretty much in this comic. If you're looking at a character, they're probably having an anxiety attack in this. Everybody's got anxiety in this comic. Craven's always freaking out. Spider-Man's always freaking out. Vermin is always freaking out. MJ is medicated. It's yeah, (laughs) fucking medicated. None of this comic would have happened if they had Xanax. Mm -hmm. This is true. Valium something. Um. Yeah, it took Captain America and Spider-Man to previously defeat Vermin here. So, uh, feeling a burst of of readiness, Vermin attempts to gather his bravery to go to the surface, but uh, retreats in wide-eyed, abject horror when he sees a spider on the manhole cover. More, you know, limotif kind of stuff. He bashes a rat to death to silence it down in the sewer, uh, and then eats it. But not before uh, hearing some noise again up there, we find out that it's MJ walking around the town like a genius and looking for Peter, uh, only finding hoodlums who are going to harass and chase her down a rainy alley like this is Sam Raimi Spider-Man or some shit. This uh, cuts back to Craven debating whether there is a spider, uh, the supernatural creature that inhabits the soul, or if there is only Spider-Man. Craven succumbs to the idea that he is afraid. He admits his fear, that he's so afraid, even, as the mental spider creature overpowers him and begins to drown him in spiders. Uh, Another, you know, he survived this earlier. You think he'd be fine, but uh, we cut back to Vermin once again, uh, thinking that he hears someone talking to him and guiding him, giving him some kind of, you know, inside information uh more touching on that psychic bond stuff while craven is at the meantime struggling to you know come to terms with what he has going on uh with both of these things happening the uh thugs have mj dead to rights they catch up with her and she thinks that the day is saved uh when she looks up and sees spider-man arriving on the scene uh after watching Craven slash Spider-Man absolutely brutalize these thugs with a couple of really decisive strikes before she tells him to stop, he takes he off. just beats the fuck out of him. And she knows immediately that this is not Peter and that something is good. very, very wrong. That's a good moment. I like that. But I like that Craven is like built like a like a professional wrestler. Uh, and he's he's just built so different and he has a much different fighting style when he's in the suit. I think that's even in something that like is not in motion, you can tell like immediately that it's a different person. For sure. Uh, as all this is happening, uh, 
Vermin finally makes his ascent now that uh, he has his chance to, uh, noting his hunger as he ducks down an alleyway, uh, which concludes the second issue, taking us to the third, which begins with a Craven still dressed as Spider-Man, uh, watching a heroin deal happen from a window, knowing how the criminals are much like flies to his spider. And he decides to burst into the scene, you know, Craven breaking through windows, as he does, loves to, uh, quickly and very brutally dispatching every thug in the room with, uh, you know, his Spider-Man-like moveset. Uh, he kills one, too, yeah. Fucking yep. Mick Gordon doom music fucking blasting while he does it, probably. Good shit. Uh, when the police break down the door and, you know, enter the scene, he makes his escape through the same window that he entered in, uh, being fired upon by the cops. And one of the cops, as you said, notices that one of the guys he fought is very, very dead and will not be joining the other 15 people Craven has hospitalized in the past weeks uh, acting as Spider-Man. Craven ascends to a rooftop and unmasks and shouts his name from the rooftops, which you should always do if you're Spider-Man. I'm always doing this. Uh, recognizing that he is still himself, despite having bested the spider in almost every way. The final proof is yet to come. Another woman on the street is hailing a taxi in the downpour and gets ignored. Uh, she what a lot of violence against women in this comic. Yeah, absolutely. This was a really dark time for comics. Um, it was the 80s. This, this is post Dark Knight Returns. This is post Watchmen. Uh, it was cool to be edgy. Uh, I was I don't mention this much in my trivia that we do later, but I want to say this is the first event series for Spider-Man, right? The first like multi branching. Uh, I don't know. Thing. I want to say it is. I could be wrong. I saw mm -hmm. multiple things say that when I was doing my research, but uh to go this dark with it with that kind of thing is like okay all right i guess you're gonna seek it out you're not a dumb little kid here you go but yeah very very violent and violent in that way where it's easy to just be like ah just have some dame killed whatever you know imagine if you're like eight years old in 1987 and you like go to like the fucking corner store or wherever where you live and there's like an issue of spider-man on the shelf and you ask your mom to get it and she gives it to you uh, and you open the page, and there's a fucking woman being eaten alive by a rat man in the issue. Yeah, that's what happened to me. I remember oh God. man, that poor little geeky boy. I'll get my son the comic book, and he opens it up, and it's just Craven's, you know, post casket. Fat, fat cock, balls. Fat hog. <laughs> <laughs> that explains a lot about you, Jackson. That I read this at 10? Yeah. Yes. My brother read uh, Stephen King's It in second grade. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> the the book explains a lot. Like stop. Yeah, it's like twelve hundred pages. Yeah, that, he's he's a smart kid too. And with but, a child orgy in it. Yeah, noted sex weirdo Stephen King. Fuck Stephen King. Let's go. Uh, luckily, we're we're here to talk about Vermin, who is a little more palatable. <laughs> uh, Vermin, who snatches this poor woman who was ignored by a taxi in the rain. Uh, you know that says a lot about our public transit, but. You know, I digress. says a lot about society. <laughs> uh, he he snacks on her for a bit just for a couple panels uh, before leaving her bloodied corpse behind, uh, darting in front of a cop car that nearly hits him. He soliloquies to himself for a second and then reaches through the windshield 
and pulls the officer out to briefly ask him, what was I or something before throwing him to the side and summoning a rat army from the sewers to come eat him. Uh, I I wish Spider-Man could do that. The, the regular Spider-Man could just summon spiders. Uh, but I, I'll settle fun. for a rat army. I, I, I love the idea of him just being like, get her ass and a rat army just pouring out of the sewers. Attack my psionic warriors. Yeah, my yeah. psionic warriors bury this man in rats. <laughs> get him. Uh, while the rat command is being given, uh, the other officer manages to shoot Vermin once before he turns around and disarms her, licks her face and tells her sh- he loves her, noting her resemblance to his mother. Yeah, uh, you just love to see a, a creepy mommy issues rat man in your in your comic yeah. books. He's he's lovely. I see why they don't use him. Uh, this is a, the beginning of another series of intercuts where we get um, some spiders crawling onto Peter's grave. This uh, they cool. over the next few panels uh, or pages, rather, at the end of pages, we see more and more spiders uh, gathering on Peter's grave. And one uh, thing I forgot to note earlier, uh, I really like the whole, the whole time the comic is happening until like the very, very end. It's just pissing rain all the time. It's oh, yeah, always absolutely. like the nighttime and it's always pissing rain. And it's there's always lightning every fucking just about every day. There is so much lightning. It's surprising they didn't make like six more electros during this storm. Fucking watch out linemen. Uh, Joe Robertson of the Daily Bugle is at home uh, reading the paper because that's what you do when you're home from your day of reading the pa- of making the papers. You read the paper while the news is on TV. This motherfucker knows news, what is happening news. all the time. Uh, the news is talking about the poor, traumatized, violated cop. Uh, he's ruminating on Peter's disappearance, how he hasn't been seen in weeks, which is very much not like Peter. He has a page opened up to Spider-Man is acting weird. So who knows how much he knows? MJ says the same thing later. Even if he does know, I can't tell him. Uh, but MJ knocks on his door at 1 a.m. And she comes in shaken and freaking out about how she hasn't seen Peter in a while, but realizes she's making a huge mistake and immediately regrets coming over to talk about Peter and knows that she can't go through with this. So after being probed with a few you know, just general questions about what's going on and where's Peter and what's going on. She just leaves very weirdly, leaving good old Mr. Robbie himself. Just what the fuck, you know, with his, with his okay. smoking pipe as he sits in his apartment at one in the morning, wearing a full like dress shirt and slacks and shoes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gee, I w- wonder where Peter is. Also, Spider-Man is being weird. Oh, well. Hmm. Craven mm. himself also lights up a smoke. There's a lot of smoking in this comic. Let's go. Dude's rock. <laughs> while playing with a knife to scare a rat, he uses uh, this as like a, a method to telepathically tell Vermin that Vermin is to be a part of the final test and is, in fact, the final test. Uh, and that I don't Craven think he's will... like telepathically talking to him. He's just like talking to himself, really. He's like monologuing. I, I who's to say? I mean, I guess so, but it seems I don't there's know. so much of that in this comic already that it's just like, fuck it, why not? He uh, he's taken a lot of herbs and roots and potions and like finding himself being more. They made him a Jedi. Ever. Yeah, they turned him into a fucking Jedi. 
Vermin, you must go to the Brooklyn system. There you will meet Peter. <laughs> you must go to the bodega and kill Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> go to Shea Stadium and beat Spider-Man to death with a baseball bat. <laughs> yes, yes. I love the Mets. <laughs> <laughs> Craven promises to bless Vermin in pain and sorrow and blood, which I thought was great. I really like that. My favorite things. Mm. Vermin uh, sleeps in the sewer shortly after this, just laying in the water. And uh, Craven sneaks up on him wearing the Spider-Man suit. Uh, he th- Vermin awakes and thinks this is the actual Spider-Man, and to his credit, Vermin or Craven kind of does go. Remember when we last fought, and I beat your ass, or you beat my ass? What's up? And uh, Vermin sees that he's alone and takes a shot, attempting to kill Spider-Man one on one. And they have a great little fight sequence here. Uh, really, really just rabid fight with uh, Vermin biting Craven on like the front of the ankle and digging in for a while before Craven pulls a pipe out of the wall and smashes across a Vermin's face. Um, fighting their nasty sewer water. It looks like ecto-cooler. <laughs> rolling around in the, in the bright green water. Uh, calling on his inner fury and strength, uh, Craven does best Vermin. Uh, all the while, spiders are now absolutely swarming Peter's grave. Uh, Craven, do- like I mentioned, he does best Vermin. He just absolutely nails him. And emerges from the sewer, cradling his unconscious body as Peter's black-clad hand extends from the dirt. And the first thing he thinks is Mary Jane, bringing us to the halfway point, halfway point of the comic. Uh, Spider-Man's not really dead. Can you believe it? They didn't kill Spider-Man with a gun. Holy shit. It's crazy. He's missing part of his skull, but he's alive. He's like Marvel zombies. He's got a chunk of his face missing. Exactly. The spectacular exposed brain, man. But I think I remember reading something a long time ago about the making of Craven's Last Time, where they were talking about like uh, the reason that they wanted to do it across all three uh, Spider-Man comic lines is to like almost make people think they were actually going to kill Spider-Man. That whole issue, uh, Peter's just not in it. So they, they it, I think it was a fun way for them to think like maybe they're actually going to go through with it. Mm-hmm. Real series finale type shit. Exactly. But we get to the uh, the fourth issue here, which I think personally has the coolest cover. It's pretty iconic. Uh, oh yeah, it's the cover of the trade paperback. It's uh, it's yeah. the fucking podcast art. It's really good. Yeah, it's 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 awesome. I'm sucker for the black suit, and it's really cool. Even if he looks like he's crawling out of poop, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> they put Spider-Man in the shit. So many. Get him out of there. Get him out of there. <laughs> we cut to uh, in white purgatory. We get more man ass with uh, naked Peter curled in the fetal position. Love to see man ass in my Spider-Man comic. I I neglected to mention his uh, Spidey Whiteys from issue one, where he oh, forgot. Lazy. Yeah, he's tidy Whiteys. Laying in bed with this fucking huge ass bulky physique and the fucking tiniest tidy whities you've ever seen on a man. It, it's just he looks like uh, what's fucking? He looks like uh, all those those pictures of Jared Leto where he's uh, Mark David Chapman. Yeah, <laughs> that's what he looks like in that. Up. That's quite a mental <laughs> image. Um. Peter finds himself in like Harry Potter seven purgatory and uh, meets Ned Leeds there and says, Ned, what the hell? Who that prompts to melt? 
<laughs> said, Ned, you're dead. And Ned's like, oh shit, yeah, I am dead. <laughs> oh, and Raiders of the Lost Ark face melts. It's like <laughs> Iron Maiden album art. It's really fucking cool. It turns into a pile of goo, and then Peter's like, I'm going back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. And Peter's like, okay, and just curls back into the fetal position. Oh, uh, tired thinking of mj the whole time and uh has a little internal debate with himself as to whether he's the spider or not he visualizes himself in this sequence as a uh, a spider attempting to escape this tunnel of like grinning shadowed figures that are slashing and swiping at him they've got like big like todd mcfarlane teeth mouths too uh you know visual metaphor stuff he comes to terms through this soliloquy that he's not the spider. He's Peter Parker. That's all he ever was and all he ever will be, is his phrasing there. I really like that. He looks that. fucking pissed in this panel. Yeah, uh, so after he mad. births himself out of the corpse of the spider. <laughs> he uh, and to himself. <laughs> walks towards the camera with this fucking face that he's making. That's uh, the uh, same. I think it's almost identical to the same pose that they did for when they brought uh, Ben back out of the spider he says that craven murdered a mask not a man and ruminates that uh craven thought that spider-man was larger than life but peter is very much just a guy tapped on the shoulder by fate being peter parker is both his strength and his weakness a lot of what i'm saying here is pulled like directly from it but it, it bears repeating it's really cool uh, he has a little moment where he relives the the rifle shot to the face or the whatever it was that he was shot with tranquilizers, herbs and roots, whatever. Uh, and he cries out for MJ and her love, uh, crying out that there is no spider before fully bursting from the dirt with a, a big, loud I love you, which is a great panel. It looks awesome. But the I love you out of context is just so funnily like jarring just sitting there in the text box that it's in. Um, but we get a lot more like lightning flash type lighting uh, really accentuates the blue in the suit. A lot of these shots. Yeah, the blue this, the this whole d digging himself out of the grave sequence is, is uh, fucking rocks. It's so good. No, it's it's so great. Uh, it's I, I really can't say much more about it. It's it's just fucking it's iconic. It's it's Halloweeny. It's awesome. Uh, Spider-Man's fully unearthed himself and stumbles into Cravenoff Manor, Resident Evil 9, wherever he is, uh, and finds a number of newspapers detailing the recent Spider-Man crime sprees of late, as well as Vermin's uh, cannibal killer spree. All of these have been left out very purposefully for him to see. And he's aghast to read the date on this paper and realize that he's been out of commission for two fucking weeks which infuriates him very badly. He's just been Craven's married. on fucking demon time mode. Oh, yeah. He, he's just been married. He has, you know, obligations in his life he has to tend to. And, you know, disappearing does not really suit those obligations for two weeks. He's going to have to explain this to his job, his partner, his, his everybody in his life. It's just incredibly jeopardizing shit. And it's, it's not, in his eyes, it's not worth it for whatever game Craven is playing, which he's going to learn about real soon. But yeah, uh, super pissed. He tosses around a bunch of Craven's, you know, stuffed kills, just like Craven was at the beginning, before noticing a couple more manservants in the corner and begins shaking them down for information as to where Craven is. They give him nothing, no info, and he takes off prepared to deal with this himself. 
meanwhile, concurrent to all this, Vermin has found himself in an electrified cage, Craven's doing, just doing a lot of panicked, crazy soliloquying and getting zapped by the cage. Uh, and we go from him to MJ back at the apartment, who is on the borderline of giving up all hope of seeing Peter ever again, watching TV and about to chuck the remote away in pain. Uh, when Peter just slinks back through the window. Hi, I'm here. Hello. How are you hey. doing? My wife. Uh, they kiss and reunite. <laughs> My wife. <laughs> and they don't really give us, they don't bore us with a panel of what happened. Oh, well, Craven the Hunter shot me with a gun and I was gone for two. We, we know. We got it. The show, don't tell. They just cut to them kissing and falling out of frame uh, before Peter awakens later, almost afraid he was, you know, buried again and panicked, dreaming all that, you know, that initial gut punch kind of feeling before getting up and suiting up and with his weak little rested voice saying that he's going to go get Craven, who he knows is waiting for him. This has to end now tonight. It's reprehensible. It's got to stop. Yeah, he's like, uh, I'm going to get step Craven. <laughs> smoker's cough. I gotta go stop craving Mary Jane. Can you heat me up some warm milk first? Uh, they, they have a little tender moment. Robitussin. She like taps his head with his hand and stuff, and he takes off to go finish this. Those kids really do love each other. <laughs> they always were my favorite. Peter arrives and uh, at the castle or the manor, whatever you want to call it, and it's Castlevania. Craven Keep. Craven Keep. And that's where we end this this fourth issue. That one goes probably the quickest. It's mostly just uh, Peter internal stuff, but, you know, it does wrap some stuff up. Taking us to the fifth issue of the story here, uh, which begins with the caged vermin screaming and panicking. That's you'll notice that happens a lot. Uh, moving about in his cage while Craven monologues about his poor, insane mother who took her own life and they said my mother was insane. They say my mother was insane. I can, I can, you know, audiobook of this would be fucking great. Don't make a movie. <laughs> uh, he monologues about his poor, insane mother uh, and her inability to cope with going from the life she led to living in the United States of America. Too much baseball and hot dogs, I guess. Uh, Spider-Man begins putting the hurt on Craven and venting the proverbial spleen, just absolutely beating the piss out of this guy and laying into him verbally. Just you, you took my life. You took my shit. I, I'm not going to stand this. I'm going to he, he threatens to make him suffer. Uh, very un Spider-Man here. But Craven merely just spits blood and grins his stupid smile uh, before eventually offering up that there is no reason to fight. He has he's won and this is over there. there, There's no point in doing this. He claims to Peter that he killed Spider-Man and took his place and could have easily actually killed him when Peter, you know, protests at first here. He further claims that by donning the suit and replacing Peter, he did prove himself superior and intuits that while the man before him is confused, the spider comprehends what he's saying. Craven then leads Spider-Man down to the basement, assuring him that his spider sense would have warned him if this is a trap or if there was something to fear here, which Peter is kind of like, OK, this is weird, but I'm going. And he reveals the caged vermin to Spider-Man, claiming that before him is the perfect synthesis of maybe not perfect, but the a synthesis of man and beast. 
who Craven beat and captured on his own, which not even Spider-Man could do. He could feel him out there, knowing that he had a role to play in their game. Craven sees this solo takedown as the proof of why he is the superior Spider-Man. Vermin is still absolutely losing his goddamn mind in the cage because he's been beaten profusely today multiple times. Uh, Craven has just tossed a lit torch into his cage, which is scaring the shit out of him and frightening him with the brightness. And the real Spider-Man is here, who Vermin is not a huge fan of. Spider-Man does the Spider-Man thing and uh, webs the torch out of the way to ease Vermin's suffering a bit. Uh, berates Craven further, tells him he's standing there smiling like a brain-damaged gorilla. Uh, Craven, you know, continues to taunt Spider-Man and mounts a stuffed elephant he has in the room, leaping up there. Uh, what? He just has a bunch of, like, stu- like, like, like the ones that he fought in the beginning. He just has a bunch of stuffed uh, mounted animals he just keeps around his house. Like, I like them. Right. Uh, mm. this, is, this is the one note that I had that got deleted. Uh, before the torch, before he jumps on his stuffed elephant and they're talking, there's a moment where they're just standing next to each other looking at the cage. Craven gingerly grabs like Spider-Man by the chin and turns him yeah. towards him, like to, about to like kiss or some shit. And like it's there for a little bit, and then Spider-Man's just like, nah, I don't want this actually. Never mind. Like, why why did that happen? <laughs> and Craven's <laughs> like, I show you affection and you recoil from me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's it's something he it's, says. It's, uh, it's it's so uh, funny because before we started recording this podcast, Jackson told me that like all of his notes that he had like got deleted except for oh, that no. one, and it's so funny. <laughs> that was the only one that you're like, are they trying to fuck? Are they trying he, he, to like fuck? I think what he specifically says too, right before that, is like, "Oh, Spider-Man, you're upset that I'm no longer like under your power, under your control." And that's when he like strokes his face, and Peter's like, "Uh, <laughs> you're, so, you're so you're so mad. I'm not under your control. It makes you, you want to kiss me so bad. <laughs> you're so mad that I'm the top in this situation now." And Peter doesn't have it in him to be like, "Dude, I just got married like two weeks ago. I'm not gay, dude. <laughs> Stop. Like, come on." <laughs> Just kidding, Spider-Man, unless. (laughs) (laughs) To truly dominate the animal. Craven uh, then elects after this to release Vermin for his own emancipation, he says as well. He reminds Vermin very quickly how Spider-Man is now alone with no help. And Vermin leaps at the chance once again to destroy Spider-Man. For the most part, Spider-Man attempts to talk his way out of this fight. Um... All it earns him is a big slash across the chest because there is no talking to Vermin about this at this point. Uh, he gives in and then proceeds to start whipping Vermin's absolute ass for a while, uh, calling him an animal before letting up in a great little panel where he looks up and is like, no, I'm not going to do this. Uh, only giving Vermin the advantage, we get more intercuts of a, a rat and a spider fighting during all of this. Uh, very on the nose, but very cool. Uh, it wouldn't work so well if this was a Batman story and you just had like a bat circling a clown or something. <laughs> the motif works Incredible. a lot better here. It's just pecking at this hapless clown. Uh, what the fuck? Hey, get away from me. <laughs> I, I like this, this a lot better. Uh, through this fight, now that Peter has given up, uh, Vermin bests Spider-Man and beats his ass and is about to eat him 
when Craven throws a Bowie knife at him and pins his hand to the wall, stopping him. He really does not give a shit about how much he hurts Vermin. Uh, before claiming he's giving Vermin his freedom and removing him from the situation here, taking the knife and uh, unleashing Vermin on the world. His freedom granted, uh, his usefulness and point proving having expired with his defeat of Spider-Man. Craven then uh, tends to the wounded Spider-Man, helping him up the stairs as Peter is still just going, what the fuck is going on? This guy tried to kiss me five minutes ago, then he kicked my ass with a rat man, and now he's helping me up the stairs. Uh, Peter is very much worried about Vermin, who is on the loose and out there and will kill again. Uh, Craven, I, I suppose, knows Spider-Man has what it takes to probably do this, even though he you know, knows for a fact Spider-Man can't beat him by himself. Uh, but proceeds to give his word that he will never hunt again, granting Peter his freedom as well. Uh, he, you know, he says this game is over. I've proven my point. It's, it's all said and done. Fuck you. We're, we're done here. Peter leaves to go take care of Vermin, telling Craven he'll be back, which Craven doesn't doubt. He knows how thorough Spider-Man is about this shit. Uh, he lights up another smoke. He reflects on his childhood. Uh, does some more soliloquying about Mother Russia, his mother and father, the nature of happiness. There's a line here that uh, Craven says, like right as Spider-Man's leaving the room, uh, where he's he's talking about uh, the 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 spider that that sort of philosophical idea that he had, and he and he says, "What a burden! What an honor!" Uh, and it's it like again, this this comic gives Craven like so much depth and dignity that it's like it's crazy how good it is. Yeah, it's just another fun way of rephrasing the the gift and the curse, the strength and the weakness of having to be Spider-Man. But yeah, he he gives this final soliloquy and reaches for a rifle conveniently in the coffin in the big fancy room. And no no herbs, no tranquilizers this time. Craven uh kills himself very very gorily by shooting himself in the face with a rifle before falling into the coffin, uh, his blood dripping down an old family portrait, capping off the fifth issue of this story. Uh, very poignant, dramatic, Ernest Hemingway-ass death. Yeah, really well done. Uh, he spends most of the time in the story naked, but then he bears his soul <laughs> at the end. <laughs> <laughs> what a waste. Most of the comic naked and then blows his brains out. Dudes rock. <laughs> Dudes rock. Um, we begin our final issue of Craven's Last Hunt with Peter descending into the sewer system to stop Vermin, having a really, really cool—not cool, but interestingly laid out—PTSD flashback to waking in the coffin. The intercuts—they uh, work to a really great effect here. You've got like the middle being him waking up in the coffin and pounding on it and dealing with it and stuff. And the left and right being him slinking through the sewer. Uh, it's just really great framing. Uh, the, the story lends itself really, really well to the comic book medium. A lot of stories don't take great advantage of that. I think uh, this one definitely does. You know what I mean? Does that make any sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get what you mean. He uh, wishes to be home with MJ, you know, as usual. Why wouldn't he? He's Spider-Man. Uh, but recognizes the importance of stopping Venom's... Venom's... Oh my god. What a... My mouth is so dry. Not, but not, not in this comic. This is, this is pre-Venom, I think. Uh, yes. Stopping Venom's crime... Ven, Ver, Vermin's crime... Did it again! 
I owe Tom Hardy five dollars now. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, he ruminates on fear and how he can't let it stop him. That's most of this comic is people just thinking about fear, thinking about death, thinking about happiness. Just these really great broad concepts. Um, he reaches the end of the pipe and the end of his little mini freak out again. Uh, and a rat bites him and he flings it across the room. This is a comic about people freaking out about uh, little tiny creatures that try to attack them. It straight up like bites him on the fingertip and he goes, ah, and tosses it like a football. It's great. The rats and the spiders, they're all going after people and they all get scared by them. We see our final confrontation here with Vermin, who is down in the sewer, uh, who calls a swarm of rats to attack Spider-Man. Um, again, more intercuts here of uh, Spider-Man being buried in the coffin. Uh, cops, meanwhile, have received an anonymous call to check out the Craven Mansion, where they find his body along with all the purposefully left evidence uh, that Craven was committing these crimes to Spider-Man, who is innocent. He left like a, a manila envelope full and damning confession that he signs with his supervillain name and not his legal name, which I think is funny. Um, Would that be permissible in a court, Jackson? Can you give me, can you give me some of that? Um, if that is an official title that they themselves go by and they sign a documentation, then it would not be permissible in court because it's like this, this individual is considering themselves okay. as that title. It's like... If I'm going to sign, like, if I had a PhD and I sign, like, doctor or whatever with my last name, that's still fine because that's my title, like, go mm. by. So, like, I don't need my first name or whatever the fuck. So, he, he's good to go. He went to eight years of hunting school. A monkey, ta- a monkey taught me how to hunt people. <laughs> I, I had a major in taxidermy <laughs> with a minor in herbs and roots. Vermin rises from the water uh, beside Spider-Man and attempts to drown him multiple times. Uh, They come up gasping for breath over and over. Once again, intercutting with the grave rise. Uh, Really just great stuff here. It's very cinematic, all of this intercutting and flashbacking. Uh, And normally that kind of thing might piss me off in a movie, but it works great here. It's it's awesome. Uh, Spider-Man does slip out of this hold and hides on the ceiling. Uh, which immediately sends Vermin into like a crazed panic again with all this, oh, am I going to get hurt stuff? Uh, Just freaking out that he can't see or find Spider-Man. Spidey then subdues him by webbing him to the wall, promising not to hurt him and making him swear to not call the rats or else he will have to hurt him. Uh, Spider-Man wants Vermin to, uh, he wants to take him up and out of the darkness and do what he can to help him. Uh, which is a thought that enrages Vermin so badly to the point of escaping his web bonds. He chases after Spider-Man, and he disappears up a manhole ladder that uh, Vermin follows him up, leading him into the middle of the road and almost getting splattered by a semi-truck, which would have been a really just abrupt and a little too funny ending for this, like, somber thing here. He gets gets fucking liquefied like that guy in RoboCop. (laughs) He just gets... (laughs) Exactly, yeah. Exactly. Uh, before Peter does swing down and rescue him from harm's way, uh, delivering him straight into the arms of the nearby police. Uh, the cops are thrilled to see this and make a comment about how after even after everything that Craven did to Spider-Man, Spider-Man's still here and still helping and saving and blah, 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 which strikes Peter as funny. He's like, how do they know about the Craven thing? Uh, OK, whatever. I guess I'll figure it out when I visit Craven again, he says, which holy shit. Have fun there, Peter. Um. 
he reflects on how good it is to be back and in the light and returns home to a jubial, jovial Mary Jane. Uh, thrilled to see him, thrilled to have him home. And we end the comic uh, here on this scene of Craven's funeral, being buried in another grave uh, that has been intercut throughout this issue, another grave being dug, mirroring the grave being dug in the first issue and the intercuts. Uh, the headstone reads, Sergei Cravenoff, Craven the Hunter, he died with honor. He died with honor. We see his stupid little leopard skin cloth draped across the coffin. <laughs> and we get one final spider spider burning bright before we close out of Craven's last hunt. Good comic. Good ass comic. It truly was Craven's last hunt. Until they Yeah, they until they brought him back. They, yeah, they retired him for like Almost 20 years. He came back in 2009, uh, I think, when they did... Uh, 20, 22 when they, years. That's my first bit of yeah, trivia. Yeah, 22 years. Uh, and then they brought him back uh, fucking for uh, one more day, which we'll talk about later. Oh, I'll leave him dead. They, they retired his number. <laughs> there's a big... Retired like, his number. <laughs> there's a Craven jersey hanging at the Mets stadium. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that, that's that's Craven's last hunt. And that's Craven's last hunt. Fucking rules. It does. Alex, what do you do? You have any silly fun facts? Most of the fun facts about Craven's last hunt are less silly and more just oh shit, that's pretty cool actually. Uh, most people might know this if you're like into this kind of thing and know this, but the uh, the writer of this, J.M.D. Matisse, uh, this is not the first time he tried to tell this story. Uh, this was never actually originally meant to be a Spider-Man story. Uh, the very first time he tried to write this, it was with Wonder Man and his half-brother, the Grim Reaper. They were the, the main protagonists of the, like, someone assuming the other's identity story. Uh, after he was done working with Marvel, uh, he worked for DC for a while and tried to pivot it into a Batman versus the Joker story. However, he pitched this literally while the killing joke was in production. Oh, God. So they weren't exactly wanting to bite on, a, you know, double dipping on the edgy Batman graphic novel that year. Uh, oh, wow. So after with more that, violence against women. <laughs> so with his third attempt, he tried to repurpose it into a Batman and Hugo Strange story. But DC also rejected that. So after trying three times and pivoting again from working from Marvel to DC back to Marvel, he finally reworked it into Craven's Last Hunt and Marvel bought it and everybody went nuts for it. Uh, I like this. This sold back in the day I, while I was doing research for this. I saw like multiple accounts of people saying, yeah, I, I remember shopping for comics that year and you could not find a shop that had all six issues at the same time. It's just fucking impossible. Yeah, it's because it's really good. The reason that uh, Craven was chosen as the villain specifically is literally only because he was Russian. Uh, Dematisse is a huge, huge fan of the work of Fyodor Dostoevsky and wanted to tap into Dostoevsky's philosophy and ideals for a superhero comic book and recalled reading a long time ago in an old Marvel handbook that Craven was Russian and was just like, OK, we're going to run with that. I have a direct quote here. Please understand that I had no interest whatsoever in Craven. In fact, I thought he was one of the most generic, uninteresting villains in the whole rogues gallery. But Barry in this Marvel Universe entry was one amazing fact. Craven was Russian. Why did that excite me so? One word. Dostoevsky. 
When I read Crime and Punishment and the Brothers Karamazov in high school, they seeped into my brain, wormed their way into my nervous system, and ripped me to shreds. No other novelist has ever explored the staggering duality of existence, illuminated the mystical heights, and the despicable depths of the human heart with the brilliance of Dostoevsky. The Russian soul, as exposed in his novels, is really the universal soul. It was my soul. End quote. That's a little pretentious. Christ. It's a little pretentious. It's a lot pretentious, <laughs> actually. But uh, I'll let it slide because this comic fucking ruled, and I don't care if it was written by a Melvin. <laughs> Fair, I guess. And yes, my my first would have been first. Now is my final bit of trivia is that yes, this is this led to the retiring of the character of Craven the Hunter for 22 years until they brought him back in 2009, uh, which. I I kind of don't give a shit either way. I, I wish they would have let Sleeping Dogs lie, but like it's Craven. They they can't do much worse than boring. It's comic reboots. They're gonna happen. Uh, exactly. We're we're gonna get into that when we talk about. Uh, uh, I almost said No Way Home. Uh, one more <laughs> day in a couple days. Yeah, y'all have fun with that one. <laughs> at least we also at least we also get to read Back in Black, so that'll be fun. Ah shit! Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, that it's back is in black, a... and then immediately followed by one more day. It's like ah, yeah. fuck. <laughs> the epic highs and lows of Spider-Man comic books. They were right next to each other too in the lineup. It's not even. It's just immediate. Whoop! You crash and burn. But yeah, that uh, that, that does wrap up my trivia for Craven's Last Hunt. Yeah, I guess we we can go on to our, our sort of overall thoughts. Uh, let's let's go let's go with Jackson since he hasn't said much this whole time. Please, yeah. Please. I was, I was, here's my initial thoughts about the podcast in general, because I was worried that I was going to be too much and too obnoxious. But then Alex, as you were giving the plot synopsis of all six issues, I just kind of got enamored. And I was like, I want to listen to all this, even though I know what's happening. And I forgot that I was here as a guest. (laughs) (laughs) So my brain kind of shut down. I'm like, I I like listening to this because I listened to the other episodes of stuff. So I was like, man, I just chill out, do whatever. But no, uh, it is very... Interesting that they picked Vermin because if you line them up, you have more of a man, you have Peter as more of a man, you have Craven in the middle, and you have Vermin as more of an animal. And Craven's supposed to be that midpoint that kind of teeters between the two, depending on what's occurring between all six issues. Uh, fucking phenomenal. <laughs> it is astounding how much visual horror has gone into this, how much they utilize exactly what a comic book can do to just freak you the fuck out. Those explicit like PTSD scenes of being buried alive and whatnot. I, again, reading this, I had to stop at some points and just kind of step away and be like, okay, all right, cool. I don't want to be buried alive. That's a new fear that I didn't know I had fucking had in the back of my brain. So I'll keep that in mind in case something like that. It's not great. Russians. Yeah, I, I have I have claustrophobia. So like the the scene when he was crawling through that tunnel in the in the fucking sewer, that was what got me. I'm like, fuck you, <laughs> just weird ass whatever. Uh, I don't know. I feel like the ending could have been more expanded because it just kind of feels like, yeah, here you go, the cops take vermin away. I'm gonna go talk to Reed Richards after I go talk to Craven. Oh yeah, I did send him to Reed Richards. I forgot that name drop. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you to Reed Richards. If anybody can help you, it'll be you. Yeah. And Reed then he says he's gonna. Oh, gross. 
He says he's going to talk to Craven, and then when he's swinging away, he's like, eh, he was probably right when he said he's not going to come back. So I'll just, I guess I'll just go home. <laughs> yeah, he's, he'll keep his word. He's a man of his word. Eh. Whatever. He's never <laughs> led me astray before. It's like a week later, he finds out he's dead. He's like, oh, fuck. Oh, shit. Maybe I should have checked on him. Oh, well. Man. <laughs> no, but um, it, it was an interesting character study because I'm like, all right, we got we got Peter. We got Craven. We have a character study of vermin of all characters throughout, like just comics in general, which was very interesting to me. And then you have the echo chamber of like, okay, you hit this note, and then it verberates out. Who are you gonna get? All right, we got Mary Jane. We got <laughs> we got Roberts. <laughs> well, it's like they could have used Mary Jane more. Yeah, like, like I said earlier, Mary Jane is is the sort of weak link in this. Uh, yeah, this story. she's a caricature. She's she's yeah. She hits all those Mary Jane, Mary Jane notes you know and love. Very, very, very stock standard basic Mary Jane. Right. She, she brutally kills a rat like fucking Lyle Wrath with a belt. To have <laughs> small animal violence. <laughs> One out of three characteristics. Absolutely, um, absolutely brutal. <laughs> yeah. They also. What was it? I think it was. I think it was issue three or four where they kind of show Mary Jane no makeup and her face is really thin to kind of convey like. Oh, she hasn't been eating. She hasn't been taking care of herself. Wait, what? I got to get my fucking paperback out. Like her face <laughs> looks thinner and they show more of her cheekbones. Like there's like a contour line where her cheekbones are. Which issue and was this? I think it. I don't know if it's in Descent or Resurrection three or four. Okay, I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm searching. I'm frantically searching. Because she like she just looks so tired and dilapidated after like walking the streets at night looking for Peter. For two weeks, so clearly something. Yeah, up I, I there. do. I do kind of see that. It's like, yeah, great visual storytelling. There, get get her a meal. <laughs> get that but bitch a meal. Get her Peter something to eat. Home Burger King every night. <laughs> no, as soon as Peter webs in through the window, it's like I caught your TV remote. Now we're gonna have sex. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna fuck right out. There's a spider on our window. I don't know about you, but I've been I've been unconscious for two weeks, and I I I gotta do something, dude. <laughs> I'm so backed up. I need to do, I need to fix my trauma. You know, we never had our honeymoon. Fuck, let's do it. Let's do it in this empty ass apartment. Can, you, can I carry over the threshold real quick? I know I smell terrible, but oh yeah, <laughs> I know I have dirt in my lungs, and I'm coughing on you. I've been in this like wet, rain-soaked suit for two weeks, buried under the dirt. Peter, Let's fuck right now. Peter, where did you get the brown suit? Well, it was black when I made it. <laughs> Just this, yeah, the white spider stain. Yeah, yeah, get her the fucking like Burger King burger they made for Spider-Man three that was like had black buns. Ugh, Do you remember up. that burger? Yes, dude. <laughs> you nasty as shit. You should you should want to eat the venom symbiote, sure. Wasn't there like a fucking like Japanese Burger King Spider-Man burger with like black cheese? Yeah, and it oozed. It oozed out of the burger. I have to. I have to find this. <laughs> I have to eat this. <laughs> but yeah, no. Overall, uh, solid, solid, solid story. I, when I was younger, I think this was one of the many, uh, like just overarching uh, storylines that made me want to get into more comics and to create my own comics and do whatever. It was that big Hell of an inspiration yeah. to me. What is this fucking picture? 
That's the Spider-Man burger. <laughs> it's like stuck think, to the wall. <laughs> somebody like cheese globbed it to the side of the wall. Fucking God, I gotta get there before it. June 3rd, 2007. Oh my God. I gotta find that fucking... I gotta, I gotta find that fucking burger with black cheese. <laughs> I, th- I think I got it confused because that's a different thing. I found the picture, yeah. Oh God, <laughs> all right. Burger with black uh, cheese. Ew. It looks like eye. disgusting. It looks tainted. Can I get the Eddie Brock nasty patty, please? <laughs> Can I get they're, Eddie they're, Brock's slot meal? They're, they're, they're Burger King Japan's Kuro Burger. Can we get Chase on the horn to see if he's had a Kuro Burger? <laughs> no, he hasn't. He doesn't like Burger King. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> Lex, what were your overall thoughts on Craven's Last Hunt? Uh, this comic is really, really good. I've read it quite a few times in the past. Jackson put it really, really great, where it's just a really, really fucking excellent character study. And I've said before that all the writing in here is really, really great, even as mildly pretentious as J.M.D. Mateus is. Uh, it is, it, all the, all the contrasting text boxes, all the really great inner monologues, even though I don't like what most of Mary Jane does in this comic, all of her inner monologues about being worried about Peter. It's, it's, it's all really, really, really well done. And the art is great. It's, it's just a great comic and you know, it's free online. Go read it. It's great. Alex, what what are your thoughts on this whole situation? Not a lot that hasn't already been said. Uh, It, it, it feels like a full like feature length thing in six issues. It has a definite beginning, middle and end, which is, you know, a thing you would really hope for in a story. Um, I, I think that it does a great job of showcasing stuff like we've talked about with Vermin, just an absolute nothing character that they were able to pull actual genuine emotional moments out of. Like, I feel like maybe that was like the motivation behind Electro and like something like Amazing 2, which there's our obligatory me bringing up Amazing 2 uh, in an episode for this one. God, what a piece of shit. <laughs> but like, I, I get that vibe with what they were doing with look at poor pathetic Electro, but it's like, okay. He still sucks, though. He's <laughs> but they did it bad. <laughs> that, uh, they did it right with with Vermin here. Um, love this this I, I don't know this empathy. This this oh god, this thing sucks. I feel so bad for it. They're able to pull out of you with it. Like you feel everything Peter does with it at points. Um, it made me give a shit about Craven. I, I'm I'm on the record as not being that that big of a Craven nut. I, I I don't give too much a shit about the guy. In fact, I kind of have a grudge against him because I grew up playing the Game Boy Advance Raimi movie tie-in game, and Craven was one of the fucking nastiest bosses to fight in that game. I I don't think I beat him as a kid. I think I beat him later as a growing up. I'm sorry to just completely derail your point. Uh, the fucking that that Raimi one tie-in game. I think on the only on the Xbox version they have a level where you fight Craven. And there's a cutscene that plays beforehand where like Peter goes to Jameson's office and Peter is voiced by Tobey Maguire in that game. But Jameson mm. is like the worst voice actor I've ever heard in my entire life. It's so <laughs> funny. I got to find that clip. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. But, but overall, um, I really loved Craven's Last Hunt. It was a great, fun little spooky coincidence that we got to read this around Halloween time. And I'm very thankful for that. Uh, me being the the horror hound that I am, I'll, I'll, I know I said I was probably going to immediately grab a Spider-Man Blue trade paperback. I'm probably going to get this first. Uh, I fucking yeah. love this. Good grab. G- gorgeous to look at. I'm a sucker for a solid black suit story, so I'm surprised I never checked this out before. I especially love call and response type stuff. I love seeds being planted and seeing them come to fruition. Chekhov's gun, all that happy crap. 
Uh, I, I loved the book ending of it with like the, the, the graves being dug, even the, the more on the nose stuff like the spider and the rat fighting all of those little interstitial moments and then the concurrent happening things like the, the sewer tunnel versus the, the waking in the grave. I'm a huge sucker for that. And it was done so well. So, so yeah, overall, uh, highly recommend this. Uh, even if you're not like a super deep lore Spider-Man fan, uh, this is, this is even easy for a beginner to pick up. You don't have to know who the fuck, uh, vermin is even everything you need to know is already in this comic. So uh, if you like Spooky, if you like Spider-Man, if you like both, uh, give it a shot. It's it's great. Uh, here, I, t- I fucking timestamped the clip so you could listen to it. All right, what is Thank this Thank you now? very much, Lex. Parker, get in here. What are you doing here? Why aren't you down at the zoo getting me pictures of this? But I just... Doesn't anyone do his job around here? It's right out my window. I could write the copy myself. Now get me photos. Okay, Mr. Jameson. I bet money Spider-Man's involved somehow. <laughs> what the fuck? Who is this man? I don't know. I can write the copy myself. What the <laughs> Toby's like, fuck? okay, Mr. Jameson. Okay, Mr. Jameson. Whatever. So, it's, it's so funny. That uh, sucks, dude. It's it's awful, uh, but play that game. It's very fun in a in a kind of a stupid kind of way. Uh, but yeah, we don't have any letters or anything or messages. So that's been uh, that's our show. Thank you so much for listening. If you got a question or a comment that you want us to read on next week's episode, you can send it to us at our email address, SpideySignalsPodcast at gmail dot com, or you can shoot us a DM on our Twitter at SpideySignals. Jackson, it has been an honor and a privilege to have you on this show. You're welcome back anytime. Awesome. And next week, we're going to be having another special guest. Uh, Alex's friend Robert will be joining us to talk about the 1977 made-for-TV movie just called Spider-Man. That's going to be really, really interesting. Uh, So until then, stay responsible. Uh, Bye. If you're looking to sell some roots or herbs, hit me up. I just want roots and herbs now. I really want to get <laughs> fucked up and twisted. In the mon, in the mon, in the spider mon. Friendly neighbor, spider mon. In the mon, in the mon, in the spider mon. In the new whatever a spider can Dear brothers, now I can say that. Now that we're now that we're now that we're not actually recording. Dear brothers. <laughs>